It is that time of the week for you to press the button and listen to us because you're listening to us. You are listening to... The Brink. <laughs> she doesn't even know where we are right now, do you? I was going to say the Ben and Melvin right here, and I was like, no, we just finished recording that. You went off at me last week for not saying that you introduced that part of the show, so I thought I'd quickly just do that for you, and... Um, it's just you and I this week. We don't have other humans here. We've got another kitten in the background. He's having a bit of a sleep. Our cat is stoned, everybody. We got him a catnip link toy, and it is sopping wet, and it is um, it is an interesting toy. Why do cats get so stoned on catnip? I thought you were looking that up earlier. You thought I was doing a lot of things, but I clearly didn't. Um, he He just absolutely went to town on that thing. He did. Sorry, I just put a hole in my piece of paper and it was a little bit awful. Mallory's drawing on paper. We've been recording other things and then here she's there doing this, that and everything else. Um, now, uh, we haven't really done this properly in a few weeks because so we had a uh, guest last week and we're here now and, um, you know, just doing our thing and all that sort of stuff. Um, anything exciting happening in life over the last month or so since we've chat? You've, you've lost some weight, you've you've eaten some food, you've done poos and stuff, like, what else is happening? I was going to say I got my tax back. From Mallory Australia. got a tax back. Talk about getting tax back from Australia. That was really exciting. I know it doesn't sound like the most exciting thing, but, like, I earned a lot of money and I didn't think I was going to be able to get my tax back, and then I was, so. And what did you spend that tax on, Mallory Forster? Flights to your home. Literally to my home, just like the plane pulls up into the thing. I'm like John Travolta. Yep. And that's it? Yeah, that's it. Spend any on a wedding or anything? Oh, yeah. And some on our photographer and some on some clothing and a beard straightener for Ben. Subway. Subway. (laughs) We've been on keto for two months now, folks. And, um,. You know, I, I can say I haven't cheated in two months. Well, you haven't cheated in, like, about five weeks, so you've done well. I have. You have. Um, she's shaking her bottle of, what do you call that in Canada? White out. We call it white out, too. I, I don't know. Like, somebody, what did somebody, were you in that office the other day when somebody said something to me in New Zealand speak about something they called it and they were referring to that stuff? They called it, like, they said, Selena, in my office, she said, like, do you have any blah, blah, and I'm like, What? And she was referring to correction fluid. Um, like, it was such a weird name. All right. And you, you are painting your nails with... Um, I think we all used to do that. Uh, you have actual nail polish, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I want to I I um, just quickly test you here on some lines, just to see if you remember these. I don't like... Sand. It's... Coarse. And... Rough. And irritating. And gets everywhere. <laughs> not like here though. It's so smooth. <laughs> what about um uh, it's all whose fault? Obi Wan's fault. <laughs> no? Oh, I'm sorry. Um that's only because I'm so in love. <laughs> Hold me like you did on Naboo. When our love was so... Okay. The, the dialogue in Star Wars. <laughs> Mallory's watched the prequel trilogy. Love them. Um, but uh, the dialogue, can you comment on some of that? It's wonderful. She's so distracted right now. I feel like just commentating on Mallory right now. So Mallory has picked up a silver pen. She's painted one thumb nail with a white out 
stuff. Uh, now she's doing it with silver pen. I feel there's some chemicals in these which may go somewhere bad and you're going to wake up like silver. Imagine if you woke up silver, like you were like the Tin Man. No? I don't know what she's doing right now. She's still wearing a necklace, which is fun. This is really boring. This is why we haven't been here in like two weeks, folks. Just just um, letting you know. Shall we go back into another segment and we come back and finish off our questions? Yeah. Well, as you have obviously been listening to The Brink long enough to know that we have been playing classic bits from our past and we have been playing a little radio soap opera that we did a long, 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 long time ago called Days of Our Pies. We are into the first season still, the sixth episode. What is happening in Ramsey Bay? Let's find out. Previously... On Days of Our Pies. What the hell? This maniac is coming towards us! Oh my god! Delta 12 to Central. I've been involved in an MVA. Prisoner in transport has escaped and is at large. My lord, I can't thank you enough for getting me out of that. Anything to help a former CIA agent out? I stuffed up. Luckily, I have an operative working inside the hospital to take care of that. You just leave the rest of me. What's that noise? It seems like ticking. It's coming from that briefcase. It sure is. Oh my god, it's a bomb! Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of our pies. I'm Lisa Jones, and these are the days of our pies. After the devastation and tragedy of the bomb that had just exploded in Ramsey Bay's hospital, the entire building was in ruins and once again the town was in shock. General store owner George Pyman had been saved by a colostomy bag and pulled himself up from the rubble in search of survivors. Uh, 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 Oh, Jennifer, why must this happen in such a smart hand? Why must people do this? And, and, oh my God... Jennifer! Jennifer! Where are you, Jennifer? Yeah, it's George. It's okay. I'm over here. I'm okay. Oh, my God. I thought I had lost you. I was so worried. It's okay, George. I just have a bruised bum here. Nothing more. Where is the little Billy Mosebar? It is illegitimate father, Roy Buller cereal. I don't know. They were here in this room. They must be under the debris. Help me move it. Both George and Jennifer move debris out of the way and find Roy holding Billy in his arms, crying. Roy! Roy! You're alive! <laughs> yes, but my Billy, my son, my darling boy, is dead! No! Not Billy! Not Billy, no! He was like a son to me. Oh, why? Why must this happen? Why? <laughs> he was so young. He didn't do anything. It's not fair. Why? Why, God? Why, God? Why? George, calm down. The bomb was in the briefcase that the doctor left behind. He did this. He planted the bomb. <laughs> the bastard. When I get my hands on him... I'll do more than a Glasgow kiss. You'll get a full-on Glasgow thumping. You have to rest, Roy. You have a piece of metal sticking from your head. Take a breather. I have a photographic memory and know exactly what he looks like. We will find him. Meanwhile, the doctor who had planted a bomb had escaped to a nearby park and phoned Lisa Muffin. 
my hello? Lisa, it's Doctor here. The bomb was planted. The hospital is in ruins. That's mighty fine of you, Doctor. I heard the explosion from here. That's a job well done. When do I get my money? All in good time, my friend. All in good time. Lisa hangs up the phone and turns to former Prime Minister John Howard, who has been working with Lisa. It appears as though we don't have to worry about Ron Billy anymore. They no longer threat to Australia. Oh, what? Thank you, Miss Muffin. Australia and the Australian people owe you a great deal. No longer will we allow the citizens of this country to leave the toilet seat up. That's perfectly fine, John Howard. I think I've outstayed my welcome here in Ramsey Bay, and it's time for me to leave. Oh, wait, Lisa. Before you go... There's something I have to say. Sure, John Howard. What is it? Um, I don't know how to tell you this, but, uh, I'm your father. (laughs) Is John Howard really Lisa's father? Will Roy find the mystery doctor behind the bomb explosion? Does George really have a photographic memory? And where the hell is Frank? Find out next time on Days About Pies. It seems to get dramatic, even more dramatic every single week. And I haven't listened to these in like a decade. So what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm going to have to tune in next week because that's what exactly you're going to do as well. So last week on the show, we were back for the first time in about three or four weeks. And of course, took a bit of a break from Mallory and I answering these questions. We ended up having Jamie and Summer answer these ones. We had a bit more of the risque ones, kind of went through the bad, dirty ones because, you know, why not? Uh, But we are at a big moment for us because we started we we, we've asked a lot of these on the show before and thought let's take up the challenge of answering every single one of richie richard herring's 500 emergency questions now we are up to we've been doing 20 per episode we're now up to 481 to 500 this is it mallory we're going to complete this we did you ever imagine that we would get to this point in our lives where we would finish all 500 of these to be honest no but aren't you proud that we have? So proud. And I think that we're going to have to find something else to talk about. Because this is this is literally the only time Mallory and I talk during the week. Like, we just we sit around in silence. We just grunt at each other. It's like, dinner, and then that's it. So, the only time we actually talk is this moment. So, we're not going to have anything to talk about after this, are we? No, we're going to have to find something new. We will. All right, you ready for this? So ready. Or do you want to ask these? You can. Okay. Uh, 481. Is it okay to feel a bit sorry for Justin Lee Collins? Yes. I don't know who that is. Me neither. I don't know. So let's say yes. 482. Is Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, the worst title for a TV show ever, or can you think of a worse one? I cannot think of a worse one off the top of my head. I would go with a worse one. It is called MasterChef Eat My Poo Edition. Oh, but that's not a real show. Um, I don't know if Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, is either, but like... Fair point. Uh, 483. Do you think Toy Story 2 could ever happen in real life? Yes. I agree. It could and it should because Toy Story 4 exists and it should wipe that up. Are you able to prove to me that Walter Rayleigh and Francis Drake are not actually the same person? I don't know who either of those people are. Francis Drake, we learned about in school. He's like an explorer, I think. He might have been. He circ- but did he circumnavigate Australia? Was he the... No. He did something like that. He circumnavigated... Maybe he circumnavigated the world. He was an explorer, Mallory. Uh, But I don't know who the other guy is, so I can't prove them. Sorry. Um, 485, if you could choose anyone to be your parents, who would you choose? My parents. 
I would too. Uh, Rich says, Michael Palin and my actual mum. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> wow. Uh, what's the most terrifying encounter that you've ever had with a ventriloquist dummy? Um, watching, uh, what was that? The Goosebumps one. It was like Nightmare, the Living Dummy or something like that. That book used to freak me out. I don't get the fear of dummies and things like that. Like people are scared of dummies and clowns and stuff. It doesn't bother me. So none for me. Yeah, me either. It doesn't bother. Rich says, probably when Stuart Lee tried to wank me off during using the hand of a 100-year-old dummy made by my own great-granddad. That's kind of disgusting. 487, what would be your favorite choice of animal animal to evolve to take over the world and make humans their slaves, like Planet of the Apes, but with it not being apes, but the animal you choose instead? Kitty cats. Would that be really good, though? Because, like, could you imagine cats, like would probably do all these things that we do for them that they probably hate. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to dangle this thing in your face and you play with it, human. Or, you know, like, oh, I'm going to lay on you and you can't move, like, because you always move when I do, human. I think it would be hilarious. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. All right. Um, I, yeah, what did I say? Uh, 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 I, I don't know. Um. <laughs> sharks why not i like sharks they're coarse and rough and irritating uh if you were looking around a house this is 488 if you were looking around a house and thinking of buying it would it put you off if there was a life-size robot made out of toasters in the lounge just yes. asking for a friend yes i think that'd be kind of cool though no like, what if it was like a really nice house and there was just like a robot toaster man or woman well we could move it out of the house but what if it was like called fred and it was friendly all right, just give me a look. Move on. Uh, Four eighty nine. If you had to live out the rest of your life being either Toby Young or Dom Jolly, if you had to, would you just kill yourself now? Yes. I don't know who either of them are. So, yes. Four ninety. When I needed a neighbour, were you there? Were you there? When I needed a neighbour, were you there? No, I was not. Me neither. Four ninety one. I was hungry and thirsty. Were you there? Were you there? I was hungry and thirsty. Were there. I assume this is a song. I'm guessing it is too. Also, no. Uh, me too. I was cold. I was naked. Were you there? Were you there? I was cold. I was naked. Were you there? I was there. I wasn't. Well, you should have been. 493. Have you ever refused to dance in the rain whilst all your friends are doing it because you think they're stupid? No. Me neither. I don't think I've ever had the offer to dance in the rain, to be honest. We'll do it next time. 494. Do you think if you do something long enough, however unfunny it might actually be, that it will become the most hysterical thing that you've ever seen? Yes, it's called Ben hosting radio on podcasts. Heck yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, this one's a bit of a long one. 495. Does sex with a robot count as cheating if the robot is an exact copy of your partner in looks and personality? Or is that actually the greatest compliment you can give to your partner and also the biggest waste of making sex robot ever? How about if the robot is an exact copy of what your partner looked like when you first met them? Amazing how things can turn on a sixpence, isn't it? I don't don't know why I'd want to have sex with a robot that looked exactly like you when I have you. Mm, I agree. Like... Maybe they could join in, and then that would be fun. But then outside of that, like, why would I want to? Exactly. Uh, 496. Do you think you have cried more tears or created more sexual juices in your lifetime? And would you appreciate some afterlife? It's a knockout dipstick affair to settle the question in heaven. (laughs) I'd say probably crying. (laughs) 
I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as a baby, though, like, you know, you don't produce juices until, like, you're a teenager. So I feel like as a child and as a baby, you cry quite a bit. So, I mean, that's actually a good question. That's actually a... We should have asked that to the mayor. That would have gone over great. What do you reckon we ask that to the PM if we get her on the show? Hey, Jacinda... Question 496. All right, 497. What is the most embarrassing injury you've ever had? Yours is your groin. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I've never had an embarrassing injury. Yeah, to to put that into context, I I was a hockey goalkeeper and I did the splits and it it, it bloody hurt. I tore my groin muscle. Um, So that's not a fun experience, kids. Um... 498, have you ever written something fictional that then came true in real life? Um, Well, I'm not an Olympian yet, so ask me that in about 10 years. Nope. Nope. 499, if Newton's laws of motion is true, then how come there are still monkeys? Yes. (laughs) That's your answer? Yes. Yep. Cool. I I really don't know. That's such a big question for me. All right. Final question. What is the stupidest thing you've done for no money? I don't know. I'm going to say this. <laughs> this show. I've been doing it for 15 years, people. Not made a cent. And still I keep doing this crap for no reason. You listeners don't appreciate the bullshit. I've got to go through to press record on a computer. Sorry, Mallory, are you going to ask the question? I agree. You've only been doing this for like a year and a half. I love you. Wow. See what happens? This is why we have so many co-hosts on this show. It's like, you know, what are we up to? Like 20 now? It's like, Jesus Christ, Ben. Oh, you're still doing the brink. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You ask about cheese. Oh, that's funny. Oh, folding and scrunching. Lol. God, you're so funny, aren't you? You're 32 and you're living in Invercargill. Big man. Are you okay? Hitting the big time on this show. Yep. All right, thanks, Richard Herring, uh, for some fun questions. They were great. Uh, anything you want to say to Richard? You're a great guy, Richard. What do you think Richard looks like? An old man. You think he's an old man? <laughs> Shall we Google Richard Herring? I actually don't even know myself what Richard Herring looks like. We're, we're kind of, we feel like, Richard, we've, asked, we've answered all of your questions that we kind of actually feel we need to know what you look like. And you look like, oh, you... Oh, wow. So different from what I was thinking. He's got long hair and... I've um, seen him before. Maybe it's through all these questions that you've you've seen and heard and think you know who he is. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. He's, there's a picture of him with a rock. Beautiful. Thanks, Richard. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to find a new segment to waste your time with in the coming weeks. We have got something a bit exciting for you today, on some level at least, and it's a bit of a teaser really against, uh, well against, I don't know what that word means, I know what the word means, but there's nothing to do with the context of what I'm trying to say here folks, we have a bit of a teaser in terms of what we're going to play this week on the Ben Amount Variety Hour, Wednesday evenings live from 8pm on Radio Southland 96.4 FM, we had the esteemed Mayor of Invercargill, Sir Tim Shadbolt, one of the uh, most prominent figures in all of Southland and one of New Zealand's most famous mayors, probably New Zealand's most famous mayor. Uh, We had him live in studio last Wednesday night. Uh, He unfortunately... 
didn't get there quite in time, so we had to sort of cut the live chat short, but we recorded a little bit of an extra segment to play on this week's show. And you're going to hear this first here on The Brink, an exclusive here on The Brink that you're going to get this before anybody else does. Our uh, extended chat with a few more questions with the esteemed mayor of Invercargill, Sir Tim Shadbolt. Enjoy. Last week on the show, you would have heard the esteemed His Excellency Sir Tim Shabot live in the studio, and we've decided to continue a little bit of that uh, chat this week on the show. Mayor Tim, Sir Tim, what, what do you prefer to be called, Mayor or Sir? Or Oh, Her Majesty or Your Highness. Her so Majesty or Highness. You know, yeah, all right. Well, we, we call Darren His Excellency on this show, oh, so hey. you can be Your Highness. I think that's, that's pretty valid. Um, first of all, um, this is a pre-recorded section of the show. Be honest, uh, you know, did you enjoy your live experience on our show last week? Yes, it was very interesting. And finding the place, of course, was quite a challenge for me because there are two radio stations. One of them was Sit, and I do a lot of work for Sit, so I thought, oh, that must be where it is, you know. I don't have any troubles there. Yep. Uh-oh. And then, then we discovered that there's another place that even the mayor of the city doesn't maybe can get lost. I like that. Like, that, yes. that works for us because we're newbies. Yeah, so an abundance of radio stations. Yeah, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's a good thing. How, I mean, you've been, you've been around for a bit, Tim, in terms of, like, being these interviews and that. Can you even guess how many interviews you've done? Do you stop counting, like, after you've done, like, 1500 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think you do. Um, the, the, although there's always fresh things happening. That's the joy about being a mayor, especially, is that you're getting into areas that of how a city actually works and how it runs. And so you're never running out of original material. It's just a drama every day. You're getting into trouble. For example, uh, we had hearings on the block. This is the big new urban development, an upgrade of the inner city. And a lot of people didn't show. And I was getting quite so you got to sit there, all the officials and, and councillors drumming, twiddling your fingers. You're not allowed to sort of do anything else, you know, that could compromise your neutrality. You can't wander off and have a chat with someone, you know. And so I was getting quite irate and saying, look, I'm just sick of these no-shows. We we went out of our way to contact people the night before the hearings to make sure you're still on track. And, and what happens? Now we've had three no-shows, you know. It's just not good enough. And then my head engineer tapped me on the elbow and said, I'll ease off on the no-shows, Your Worship. It's not a good place to go. And I said, why? And they said, well, the guy who you've just been talking about died. <laughs> oh. oh. Wow. Okay. That's um, a good reason not to show them. <laughs> um, why didn't you show to the hearing? Died. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. I'm Claire Alibi, I guess. <laughs> you, you've, got got a, you've got a pretty good reason. <laughs> Six feet under. Okay. Um, we, were, we were talking last week, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Um, how does that invitation even happen? Do, do, does it simply come through, like you get a phone call, hey, this is TV3 or whoever it is? Yep. Do you want to come on the show? That simple? Yep. 
Set simple TV one and ring you up and oh, your worship, have we got a program for you? It's on ballroom dancing. I said, uh uh, no, thank you. I can remember it from high school. All the girls had to line up down one side of the assembly hall and all the boys lined up on the other side of the assembly hall. And when you plucked up a bit of courage, you'd walk across and ask some spotty fourth former for a dance and she'd say, no. So you had to walk back like the lonely loser from hell and all your mates would be sniggering. I said, no, thank you. I am not interested in a ballroom dancing program. And, and But they trick you, you know. They say it'll only be an hour of your time to, for taken up with rehearsals, you know. And I thought, oh, yeah. And they said, yes, and it's worked really well in Australia and Britain. It's a huge hit, you know. And you're, oh, okay, well, um, what happens next? And they said, well, you meet the celebrities. And, um, you know, the celebrities meet the proper ballroom dancers. And you have. And they sent me this 18 year old student from Auckland. I thought ballroom dancing was respectable, but as you say, it's the rumba, the tango. And our first rehearsal's in the Scottish Hall, and she comes spinning through the front door like a top with a dress up round her head somewhere, wraps her legs around my thighs, arches her head back and says, this is the rumba, the dance of love. As luck would have it, at that very moment in time, my partner walks into the Scottish Hall and the thunderclouds were gathered. And And I got home from rehearsals that night and she looked me straight in the eye and said, did you find that young woman attractive? And I said, no, no, not at all, not at all. And I got a week on the couch for lying. Yeah, thank you, TV1. Thank you. Did, did, does she eventually come around to it though? Like you know, because it's like, oh, you got third. Oh yeah, well, and and free trips to Avalon and for me and the family and um, had luxury hotels and you get pampered, you know, and that took a lot of the pressure out. Of I, I, I can imagine, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Now, um, you were, I believe, a presenter on the show. That's fairly interesting. What was the most interesting thing you ever saw on That's Fairly Interesting? Well, that was quite a while ago, too. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, There was a guy who had invented, and it seemed unusual at the time because we weren't used to modern technology, um, a rotary automatic robot milking machine. Right. And I'd worked on a lot on farms, and just before I became the mayor, I was actually working on a farm as well. So to me, that was really fascinating because I could see the impact it could make, mm. and, and it did. You know, they've got cows now that can just walk through when they feel like they want to be milked you know they can just wander along and get milked and and looked after all mechanized production and it means you don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning as well it's crazy so the inventiveness of of it you know we have mystery creek and it fitted in with those sort of programs where there's a lot of innovation happening and a lot of change happening and I found that really, um, yeah. Interesting? Like, yeah, fairly, fairly interesting? Fairly interesting <laughs> was kind of a satirical name for it. They're actually incredibly interesting. Well, I was thinking that because surely there had to be things where you were just absolutely blown away. So yeah, you go, well, this is, more than, this, is, this is bloody incredible. Like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, 
you just you'd, you'd have to go along with that satirical side of the show, I can imagine. <laughs> yes. Uh, now another thing too, since Mallory and I have moved here, we 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 watched the world's fastest Indian because I felt like oh, yeah. to live in Invercargill, you you kind of have oh, to yeah. to know that. You you got to hang out with Anthony Hopkins. Any cool Anthony Hopkins stories from when he was in town? Yes, um, uh, quite a few. He um, as it was a really modest, unassuming guy to work with. Everyone who worked with him loved him. You know, he was just so neat. But um, I was in a. It, it was more to do with what was happening around him in a way. And he was he's sort of fairly elderly gentleman, and um, he was free. A lot of the filming was out on the beach, mm. the Ariti Beach, which boy, under Southerly, had certainly. So they set up a tent for extras and. Um, you know, you got to mingle around, and I know people think a Hollywood movie it must have been exciting and dramatic and and that, but it's actually boring and <laughs> tedious and repetitive, you know. And so you're hanging around waiting for your tuppence worth, and and he, so you chit chat to the other extras. And I said, you know, good day, mate. What are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins' hand double because oh, wow. they didn't want to get him out of his caravan just to take a shot of his hand revving the bike. So <laughs> they found me, and I've got an identical hand, apparently, to Sir Anthony Hopkins. I said, oh, good on you, mate. Well, got a, well done, you know. And it's moved along. And what are you doing here, mate? You know, what are you up for? And he said, oh, I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins' leg double. I've got exactly the same leg as Sir Anthony Hopkins. And uh, he's just blatting past the cameras on his motorbike, so there's so legs only going to be there. Minor. I said, all right, all right. I'm starting to get a bit sick of this line. I hurried along and said, what are you doing anyway? I was a bit rough by then. Wow. He said, I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins' big toe double. I said, oh, no. I that episode of Friends with you Joey must Tan. be yeah. joking. That's crazy. He said, um, yeah. I said, what on earth are you doing? He said, well, you might remember this is a scene where he wants to go out dancing with Annie Whittle's girlfriend. And and he, he can't get his dancing shoes on because his toenails are so gnarly. So he gets a grinder and grinds. <laughs> yep, and, yep. of course, we got a lot of good engineers in Invercargill, but none of them would wanted to assume the task of a grinder on Sir Anthony Hopkins' big toe. <laughs> and I said, oh, mate, good on you. So you were prepared to sacrifice your big toe for this movie? Man, you're a hero, you know. And he said, oh, no, they paid me eight grand for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> half an hour's filming and my big toe's going to Hollywood, he said. He was really happy. Most famous big toe ever in Invercargill, <laughs> basically like that. You, you, I mean, you, you're both nights, Sir Anthony Hopkins and Tim Shambolt. Like, you get to go to special cool parties now, do you reckon? Like, uh, I think you would go to much better parties <laughs> than I go to. <laughs> I, I find that fa- the fa- I, I want to learn more about that. Like, I could be, I've always wanted to be in movies, so maybe I can just, like, you know, work on my toe or something along those <laughs> yeah, lines, yeah. doing that sort of stuff. Tim, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure sort of having a chat with you uh, here and also on the show last week and all that sort of jazz as well. Final question for you. Mallory and I, again, we're, we're transplants here in Invercargill. We're enjoying our time very much so. Is there, are there secret places that aren't on the tourist maps that we should be going to? Like, we, we've done, you know, Transport World. We, we've done Already Beach. We've done all the great sort of Southland, Southland and Invercargill things. Where's somewhere that you think we should go that nobody tells people they should go? 
Well, I think what's newly being discovered is Stewart Island, of course, because it's difficult to get there. You've either got to go in a little plane and it's, you know, 20 minutes of absolute anxiety or um, (laughs) you go for 50 minutes on a catamaran and it's... She's a wild ride, that one. And um, uh, we felt a bit jilted when it came to sort of tourist hotspots, like you mentioned, because right next door we've got Queenstown and they get 1.8 million tourists a year and 12 of them come to Invercargill. So (laughs) we got the mayors got together and we thought, what can we do that's a bit unique and will attract people here? And we thought... You know, you fly into Queenstown and, oh, they've got ski fields on every second mountain and, and uh, you know, we you fly into Invercargill and we've got three freezing weeks and an aluminium smelter, you know, and it's hard <laughs> trying to look pretty if you know what I mean. But um, we thought, yes, but their lakes that they've got, they've hardly got a ripple on them and the ski's hit and miss, you know. Um, we'll... we'll build a road right round the bottom of the South Island and open up all those here, Colic Bay and all those area beaches and that around the place and wildlife in abundance and and we called it the Southern Scenic Route and oh we were so proud all the mayors got together and cut the ribbon at the same time to show how united we were we had to bring our own scissors of course because it's a Scottish <laughs> community here but um, and so we cut the ribbon and what happened these boffins from Wellington Tourism New Zealand no 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 they said you've got it all wrong you've got it all wrong we don't want to encourage tourists to go tramping <laughs> to go riding I mean driving cars we want them to go tramping <laughs> and the only tramping track we had was the hump track mm. well when the council put out its first ever tourist brochure and we had the southern scenic route leading to the hump track the presbyterian woman's knitting club rose up in arms and said the council leaflet had sexual connotations and we had to change the name Wow. Well, we gave up. That was it. We'd given it our best <laughs> shot. We thought, bugger it, we'll get Saatchi and Saatchi. They did a good job with absolutely positively Wellington. We'll let them sort it out. <laughs> and um, what did they do? Sent a couple of young brats down from university that still had milk on their chin. They just got their marketing degrees. And and they stayed one night in Invercargill. They charged us 28 grand, and all they did was change the name from Hump Track to Hump Ridge Track. <laughs> now, so now, was, oh, sorry, mother, we were absolutely falling apart, wondering what the hell we're going to survive the naming of Shag Point. <laughs> so, those are the challenges we have in the tourist industry. Around it. Everywhere's beautiful in the south. Exactly. That's that's the right answer. I like it. Tim, pleasure to have you on this uh, show again, mate. Thank you very much and uh, all the best for everything moving forward. Thank you for having us. And if you missed any of that, which how would you have missed it? You're listening to a podcast, so unless you tuned out and washed the dishes or something like that, uh, tune in to the Ben Amal Variety Hour at Wednesdays, 8 p.m. on Radio Southland. And if you are not in Invercargill or Southland, you can just head to radiosouthland.org.nz. You can find it there or even the podcast, which makes it easier. You don't have to rely on time whenever you want to actually listen to it. All right. Uh, we've had a fun episode. We have. Mallory, tell me your exact thoughts right now because you look so bored. 
I'm thinking about the chocolate that I'm going to put on the caramel slice. And ow, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sticking this up her nose. Can I, can I push your nose up like a pig? No, stop. Okay. Uh, you're putting the chocolate on the what? Caramel slice. Caramel slice? Yum. Is it a slice with caramel in it? Yum. Yum? Yum. Yum. Yeah. Remember that time you went food? Food. Made the best of last year, but clearly you listened to it. How are you going with the best of, by the way? Don't talk about it. All right. Uh, if you like the show, then there's something wrong with you. Go to a doctor and get yourself checked out. Or you can like us on Facebook, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, wake Mallory up because she's falling asleep, and uh, send us nice things. Send me a picture of your cat. Yes. And send Mallory a picture of your nose hair. Please don't. Yes, please do. Um, and we like being back because that's what we do and that's how we roll. Uh, but until next time, Hobart, the cargle, please do. Keep sucking those oranges. Hobart, cargle, and. Night. <laughs> nice.